Welcome to The Sibling Sit-Down, where brother and sister talk about the beloved New Jersey Mafia hit TV show, The Sopranos. I'm Sarah Stefanelli. And I'm Joseph Stefanelli. We'll be taking you through The Sopranos one episode at a time, one podcast episode at a time. Today we will be discussing Season 1, Episode 12, Isabella. If you have not watched the episode, please stop listening, go watch it and come back. And as a reminder, we will not give away any spoilers past this episode. Why did you talk really slow when you introduced the episode? Uh, did I? Are we doing it like this now? We don't have to, no. I, I, don't, I didn't realize I was doing that. Good. Here is my summary. I was proud <laughs> of this one. In the penultimate episode of season one, the audience finally sees Junior carry out the plan he started in the pilot when he said something may have to be done about Tony. With Livia's blessing, Junior gives Mikey the go-ahead to have Tony killed, but the botched attempt does nothing but break Tony from his severe depression. But not before Tony befriends Isabella, a foreign exchange student that comes from somewhere much further away than Italy. Wow, that, that was a good one. The word penultimate. Is a good word. It's a good word. Um, good word. Almost as good as pending. You know what? I really hate the both of you about that. So last week, I kept saying that the theme was pending doom. That's not a thing. It's impending doom and no one corrected me and everyone just let me keep going, sounding like a moron. It wasn't so that I let you, you keep that. going. I just didn't notice. I there are there were listeners out there we lost because of that last episode. Because <laughs> like these this this girl's an idiot. This girl's an idiot. Let him go. In the in the <laughs> words of Tony Soprano, fuck him. March twenty eighth, nineteen ninety nine is when this episode originally aired. Oh, Before we get great. started, I have a question for you. And it is sort of related to something we've talked about before, but th this, I will admit, is not a Sopranos-related question. Oh, God. What? I was listening to a, an unrelated non-Sopranos podcast, and this was brought up. This was not my theory. It was a theory that was brought up on another thing. So okay. I don't take credit. But I, here's my question. Okay. In the world of a movie, uh -huh. do movies exist? Yes. Okay. So here's my question. I'm going to give you a scenario. Okay. You ready? Everyone yeah, of our I'm... listeners, unless you're driving, close your eyes. Follow <laughs> us. Let take, me... Like maybe a deep breath in and out of the nose. Let me, let me take a minute. So the main character of The Departed, I don't know his name and I apologize, but the one played by Leonardo DiCaprio, okay? That character in the movie, let's say he has to go on a flight an airline, let's say Delta Airlines. Okay. And on Delta Airlines, the flight attendant says to the, the character, would you like a movie? You can select from many. And the character says, I would like to watch the biggest blockbuster of the year, 1997. <laughs> we have that, sir. Great. Does the character then in fact watch the movie Titanic? Yes. Then who's playing Jack in Titanic? Um, a guy who looks freakishly like the lead 
So is that how it works? Is that how movies work? Does Leonardo um, DiCaprio exist in the world of The Departed? And therefore, take it another step. Does does the character Jack Nicholson play get to watch The Shining? And does he enjoy it? And does he go, ooh, I look like that guy? I don't know, or, but he definitely or, would enjoy it because it's a great film. Or <laughs> in the world of The Departed, did someone else get the role of Jack in Titanic? <laughs> All right, you really thought about this. I but think, the reason I, I think it it's is because we were talking about this. Yes, we were. In the meta episode. So now my question is, in the world of Sopranos, does Lorraine Bracco exist? And therefore, if she does not, who played the lead female in Goodfellas? Who played Spider? If they Michael actually, Imperioli does not yeah, exist? they actually talk about, they say, we said this, her ex-husband says Goodfellas right to her face at the dinner table. So, so in this world, does that mean Lorraine Bracco does not exist? It, I would say yes. So who played that role? I did. That's not. I want that's an Academy Award. I don't know. It, I like that. That is a fun thing to think about. I don't know the answer. You know, who I would think Titanic it? certainly exists in that world. And yeah, maybe it's just a guy who looks like him. I don't know. Don't you feel like you look like stars and you don't look exactly I look just like, like Bradley Cooper. Yeah. Uh-huh. Your wife tells you that. Many times. Yeah, all the time. I hear her say that a lot. Tells me all the time. I got I Meghan Markle recently. I don't know. I don't think I look like her at all. Oh, no. Are you saying I'm, not, I'm not as pretty? What did you say? You're much prettier. Well, thanks. Okay. What's Our producer would like us to get on with the real uh, episode. I don't know. God, he's... So we're we're going to go. What's your favorite scene? Um, mine is Tony, Carme- Tony and Carmel in their bedroom when she's talking about the sunlight. So they're in their bedroom a few times in this episode. Um, but when she says sunlight is good for people in Alaska, they wear these little hat, light hats so they don't get depressed. And then in the same scene, he sees Isabella for the first time. He goes straight to the drugs in their bathroom. There's a great song playing. I think it's a very, very good scene. Uh, a scene between them. A scene I do not know for a fact, but I would think is stolen from Northern Exposure or at least his knowledge of, of Alaska is from his, he, he, David Chase wrote for Northern Exposure. I'm mm-hmm. assuming at some point that there was dialogue about wearing lights on their head. Interesting. Yeah, it's I cool. think that I was a little that. nod too. Cool, I like that a lot. His former job. I like, I like that line. I like that interaction between those two a lot. I would agree with you. I think their interactions in this episode are all very good. Very. Um, but I, I have to go with another Tony and his other female partner, which would be Melfi. I think the scene in the car was perhaps the first time we really see a connection between them and and really assign therapies working. Um, he seems to really trust her. And I think she, yeah. it's reciprocal. I think she cares for him. And so truly, much. So and which, much. Which sort of makes the, the events of the next episode and seasons that much more special. And I would even argue in this episode. So I think it's I think it's clear that she's so concerned from him and it's very clear that she has put it together that Liv- that Livy is a part of this attempted hit somehow. And you know in the ending scene or very close to the ending scene she 
is calling him saying, you know, he calls her and says, Isabella wasn't real. And she kind of tries to get him again to come to the realization. Like this was your, you saw that her as your mother and you really wanted a mother figure. Why do you think this came up now? You know, she said, why now? Um, And do you think Tony truly is oblivious or is he just in a huge state of denial? I think he's completely oblivious. I, well, I think it's, it's, he's oblivious because he could never believe that, if that makes sense. So I guess because he's in denial, he's oblivious. But even her lack of subtlety, you really think he's not picking up on it? No, I don't think that in an Italian family, so any family, but especially in this world, your mother does not try to kill you. Like, it's just not, it's unfathomable. Like, it's not a thing. So I don't think it crosses his mind. Um, that's not true. Cause according to Livia, there's a lot of women uh, in the city throwing their babies out of windows. That's, that is true. I, I don't think Tony is just denying it. I think he truly does not think that's a thing. Okay. I, I, I think I agree with you. That was a question I hadn't saved for later, but you brought it up. So oh, we'll get back to Livia for, for sure. She's what not was... your Goomba. She's not your winning Goomba. No, 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 no. Okay. I don't no, think she's, she's going to win an episode. She might. I don't think she's going to win. Well, I don't know, actually. Um, she, didn't win, she didn't win an episode yet for us? No. Huh, okay. I don't think she did. I don't, I, I, I'd be shocked <laughs> if she does. I don't think so. so um, I what's had your favorite two, quote? I had two. Um, Very good ones. To Father Phil... When, when Father Phil comes to visit uh, to check on Tony, you know, he offers prayers and we can kneel down and pray. And he goes, why don't you grab a sandwich and we'll talk later. You sleep it over, right? That was just... <laughs> and the look Carmela gives the him. The look Carmela. <laughs> and you can see that Father Phil is going to shit his pants right oh, there. Oh, yeah. It's perfect. Um, I would love to hear the, the post-conversation because you know Father Phil like pulled Carmela aside later and went, what did you do? Did you tell you tattled? Like, you, like, you know, they had to have a conversation. <laughs> um, and my other one is kind of a sad one, but I find it a little comical when Tony says, um, I'm fucking King Midas in reverse here. Everything I touch turns to shit. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, right, just, it's in a very vulnerable scene, but the line itself is, it's a good, is line. good. Yeah. Also, I'm kind of impressed that there was no malapropism. I just kind of assume that Tony would screw that up. That's true. He usually does. But he, he gets it. it. Like he, yeah, he, he understood that reference completely. Yep. What are yours? I have a few. I know you're shocked. I oh, know. I'm going to start with three. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll tell you what my winner is. Okay. Okay. Actually, I think the first scene when Junior says to Jimmy, let me tell you something, Jimmy. Don't you worry about what I know. Mm-hmm. Very good junior moment. Very good. Oh, right. Junior's the boss. You kind of, re- you know, you're reminded in this episode specifically that he is in and, charge. And, and, and kind of a very quick way, it leads you to believe that this episode is going to be about Jimmy Altieri. Because he's the course, opening figure. He's the opening figure in the episode. And then we never see him again, which is kind of amazing. Yeah. I, you know what? And I also think it's the way for the writers to have us somewhat forget about the rat for the time that we know there's a rat somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, we but I also, that. I also find it interesting about that opening and that line is that it, it, so we know junior knows now, but that means that even in the midst of all this 
anger and um, powerful, the, the struggle for power, Tony still called Junior and was like, listen, I know who the rat is. Like, it's business as usual. Like knowing, we know now what this episode's going to be. I mean, Junior is literally going to have Tony killed, or or try to, and then, but yet he still, he still had to take care of the Jimmy business. What what makes you say that Junior knows there's a rat? Well, I think that line. I think because so. of that line. Oh okay. yeah, he's he's on to Jimmy in that okay, line. He's saying, I I just wanted to make sure I didn't not- miss. A line or something. No, yeah. and also, I mean, let, listen. I think the actor playing Jimmy's great, but Jimmy himself is a bad actor. I wish you had that right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, he's. I mean, he's blatantly trying to get <laughs> Junior to say, "I killed Brandon Falone in a bathtub," like the right. guy from God, uh, Good Godfather. Right. Oh, Green. I'm all Green. That's okay. That's how Brandon Falone died. I know. Do you want me to quote the whole? No. No, Why don't we do it? So my next quote, um, when Tony says, I don't even know why I come here. I guess I got nothing else to do. Yeah, that's sad too, though. It's also sad. Good delivery. You're kind of like, dude, you're losing it. You know, you're Mm -hmm. you're with him. And AJ says that's dicked up. (laughs) Well, I've never heard that before. Uh, anytime I hear it, I always think of AJ. I think AJ is the only person that really ever said it. <laughs> Just take it off. I might start using that. Um, okay, but my winner is when Tony says, I took an oath after he shot, they're in the hospital. And Carmela answers with, What are you fucking kid in a treehouse? <laughs> <laughs> take an oath. Oh, I, I know. Agree with Tony there. No, listen, in their mafia world, Tony's absolutely right. But Carmela just reminding him, like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> like, it's just very good. That whole scene is also noteworthy with her talking to Harris, Agent Harris, and him saying, like, you're upsetting my wife, like, go away. But she's not nice to him, but wants information from Agent Harris. Right. Well, she like, said, like, what is good, he doing here? Like, it's she such really... a, yeah, very good tense scene. I also think it, it's a it's oddly a shout out to the first episode in the MRI. Oh, I like, get to that could... in my symbolism. Don't steal my thunder. Oh, okay. I apologize. But um, I, but, but but it's but it's not it's not the same. But like like Agent yeah. Harris isn't in that episode. But yeah. yet, it, no, all right. I know. Okay, doing. you're okay. Trust me. What are you question? What is me? your theme of the episode? You stole my idea. I didn't steal your idea, but you're you're you were wrong last episode with your impending doom. My but, pe- but my I think pending maybe doom. you had a cannoli. I think maybe you had a cannoli because this episode is about impending doom. His depression is coming from the fact that he 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 thinks he's gonna lose his his battle with Junior. He he thinks he's gonna lose Carmela. He thinks he's gonna lose his mother. Um, his son is getting a suit and he thinks he's growing up and he's not experiencing it. You know, he's he's losing everything. Nah. He does say, like, I'm not a father to my kids, I'm not a husband to my wife. Yeah. Which was I also mean, a very sad, all of that whole scene was sad. But okay, I'll I'll give it to you because I don't have a better one. But I think there's something here they talk about openly. For people who are not supposed to go to therapists and talk about their feelings, they mention this many times. So Tony says, I don't feel nothing. 
like at, at least twice. He says like, I can't yeah. feel anything. I feel nothing. But then Junior is on the opposite side of this. So Junior pukes when he thinks Tony's being shot in the car. He's overfeeling. He yells at Livia, what do we do now? Which uh, is also another whole other uh, can of worms. Mm-hmm. Like, yet like really panicking and asking for her guidance, which is terrifying. Um, and he even says, I feel like I'm floating here. He says that. Um, Christopher talks about, you know, openly says Tony's depressed. I think for the first time to kind of the guys. No one ever really talked about Tony being depressed before. I know Christopher and Tony, you know, Tony said it to Christopher in the car, not admitting that he himself was depressed, but it it just was a a lot of talking about people's feelings. Well, I think also what you're getting at is, is, is this odd um, reverse role reversal between Tony and junior, which I think is symbolized right in the beginning with their mirror images both of them have one of the first things we see are them looking in mirrors um tony when he's looking at his medicine and junior when he's looking at the vase at the funeral Mm -hmm. um and both have these faces um especially junior it's almost like he's looking disgustingly at himself like he's scared of what he sees and obviously we know tony's going through this maybe the worst depression we've seen him go through yeah. in the, oh, in the definitely the worst. so far. Well, so I, I think, think Junior, both of them are questioning who they are. I think Junior is disgusted with himself. I don't think we need to question that. He's, he's puking. He's looking at himself disgusting. Like he doesn't like any of this. Yeah. He's not and, happy with way, killing his own. too has two moments that would back up your, your whole him feeling. I mean, he, he makes the crude joke about the dead woman and then feels bad about it, which junior doesn't really do. Mm-hmm. And then he even makes the comment about baseball cards. Like I, why do we, why do we, I forget the baseball player he picks. Um, but why do we give thousands of dollars for a baseball player, but jack shit for Jesus? Yeah. Like, so he's starting to question a lot about his life and the choices he's made. But I, 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 totally I think agree. they fall still under impending doom. Junior knows that if he fails at this, he'll Junior Tony, Tony's gonna come out on top unless he kills him. Okay. But That's I do, fair. but I think, but I think I think you bring up a good point that he's feeling it. I do. For sure. But but I think everything about this episode is all, you know, you know, like you said it, Christopher thinking of, of, of depression and you know, even Christopher following Tony in this effort puts him in danger of being killed by the two black guys. And, and uh, you know, and, and even in, in, the, in the car, he says, oh, he's donuts. No wonder he can't lose weight. Like he's killing Wait, himself slowly. So, so a, <laughs> I said this when I was watching the episode, Christopher doesn't know these guys at all. And he gets in his face and asks for his badge, right? And he clearly, obviously, he's not a cop. So he doesn't have a badge. Right. And Christopher says, get the fuck out of my face. And then just goes on looking out the other side at Tony. If you were in public and you had words with a stranger like that, wouldn't you be shook up? Yeah, but I'm not. No. no, like, no, but Christopher just delivered. There was nothing. Like, he was just like, get the fuck out of my face. And then just proceeded. Christopher's a tough guy. Yeah, one that I will not say, you can say a lot about Christopher Maltesande. He's tough. He, he's I, tough. I, I loved him this episode. Um, is he going to be your winner? I'm very curious who your winner is. I don't you'll know see. You'll see. I'm very curious who your winner is. You will see. 
But let's get to our symbolism first. Okay. Do we have, Christian, can we have 45 minutes for this? <laughs> I got a lot. I got a lot of fucking symbolism. Um, back and forth. Yeah, let's go back and forth. You Fire this shit. Fire um, this shit. Isabella is a symbol for the mother Tony craves. But while Livia spends this episode destroying her family, I love that Isabella speaks of her family as stonemasons, which literally built rebuild foundations. So while she's building the foundation of a home, Livia is literally tearing it apart by destroying her son and then lying to Junior about, well, we'll talk about that later. But that's just okay. it. Um, so we talked about the reflection of Junior in the vase at the yes. funeral home. Very MC Escher the artist. Yes. So I think, I just think it means that things will repeat um, and it will be very hard to logically follow what is happening. So like he tried to kill Tony twice and it didn't work. And like MC Escher, we follow his paintings and you can't quite place where it repeats. And it's very fun. I love MC Escher. Well, I'm usually the one who brings up artwork. I'm impressed. Are you? Yeah, with the Hockney food, which I'm going to bring a ho the Hockney uh, painting. Oh, the fucking again. Hockney guy, yeah. It didn't remind me of the Hockney. <laughs> um, wind. Weather, weather is not something we've talked about on our... Mm -hmm. And I kind of feel... I feel we probably missed a lot of opportunities. We'll pay attention about. now. But, but I think this episode definitely establishes yeah. that weather is an important symbol of this For show. Sure. Um, very Shakespearean, like King Lear, the wind is symbolizing the lack of stability in the characters. Um, all of Tony's hallucinations somehow have wind. I mean, obviously they're covered with this white cloth that is blowing and her hair is blowing in the wind. And the audience sees this as just this very sexy woman with wind blowing in her hair, but really it's the wind is showing us this is not real. Um, and then with Living and Junior's discussion outside the movie theater, you know, I mean, it is a huge windstorm. So it's not only in his, in Tony's mind, um, but wind in general is saying this is all wrong. All our lives are about to fall apart. Um, the camera work, especially in the scene where Christopher's at his kitchen counter and he's facing, I think he's looking at the window. Mm -hmm. You'd only see Tony and everything else is very blurry. Just focusing in on that this episode will be about Tony. It will be about everything's blurry around him. He can't really quite focus, etc. Yeah, you almost get his point of view without his point of view. Yeah. 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 Um, little clever thing. I thought that Meadow and AJ are sitting under a poster that says safe families <laughs> while they're waiting outside the hospital. And the bit of like irony, because obviously Tony's own uncle is the <laughs> one who tried to have him whacked. So I, just, I thought that was just cute. Yeah. Um, Isabella at lunch says her English is pitiful. <laughs> Mm -hmm. This isn't really symbolism, I guess. And then he says, no, you speak very good. And it's like cringeworthy. Or maybe they're not at lunch. Maybe it's no, when he first meets her in the backyard. The first time they meet. But yeah. no, but that is very symbolic because he's, because everything she says are things he, because it's always that like, it's that difference between good and well. He should say, you speak very well. Yeah. It's an adverb. Because we always say you can't speak good. Good is an adjective. But she does speak good all the words and things that she says to him are the good things he wants to hear. So okay. that was a choice for them to say, you speak good. I also think that Tony Plus, Soprano would never say, no, you speak well. He says, correct. no, you speak well. Uh, I disagree with you. I disagree with you. No. I think, no, I don't know if he would say it that way. Like, I don't think he would say that phrase. 
he might say, no, he would have said your English is good, which is correct, which is correct. Yeah. Okay. But it really stands out that error. It really does. It and you're really, like, whoa. It's, it's very <laughs> jarring. And I, I do think that's symbolic. I think you picked up on something very important there. Um, back, I have another camera. You already talked about it, but ca the camera work of after Tony is shot, um, it, it really gives us the impression that all of a sudden the camera's going real fast. It's not. The camera is not speeding up. It's just going back to a normal pace. It was going really slow. The same thing is um, when Junior when Junior first appears uh, in the car and he's throwing up, that also breaks from one of Tony's hallucinations. Um, so it's very, very symbolic of how Tony is feeling in depression. Right. Very is lethargic. And, mm -hmm. um, and is a cute little way of telling us we're in and out of hallucinations without telling us. Do you, do, you, do you remember the first time you watched this episode? Did you know that he was hallucinating? I didn't. I didn't. It's interesting you asked that because our father, in an attempt to prepare for our podcast, and didn't understand how podcasts work, rewatched the entire series <laughs> before we released any of these episodes. Well, and he'll watch it again. He's watched it a bunch of times like he, you. He said to me, I forgot that Isabella was fake. Oh, interesting. And I think, and I mean, there, there's a, we're probably getting ahead, but I think there's a lot to be said about that plot line. It, I often forget because it's sort of a forgettable trope. Like it's a trope in a lot of shows and this should have failed. I mean, if it, like, like they've tried this on so many shows, it was only a dream. I mean, people have hated television shows for saying it was only a dream, but yet- What they was that show it. that ended with the couple waking up? That's the Bob Newhart show. Newhart show, yeah. Newhart, Everyone no, Newhart ended with them waking up on the set of the Bob Newhart show, which was his older show. And everyone hated that, wife. right? No, everyone... no, 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 that was brilliant. Everyone loved it. Oh. No, I but like, like this that. reminds me of something like when Dallas on, on Dallas, this was before you were born, but like Patrick Duffy's character on Dallas was so killed was off. So was Bob Newhart. So. Well, fine. But go on. But Patrick <laughs> Duffy's character was killed off and the season did not do very well and everyone wanted Patrick Duffy back, but he was killed. Like what, we, we can't just bring him back. But then in the season finale of that, whatever season it was, his wife wakes up, looks in the shower and there he is. And we realize that she dreamed the whole season. Like that's a stupid trope and Dallas was highly criticized for it. But that's essentially what this episode was. Like, like he meets this beautiful woman, she's an interesting character and it was all a dream. But yet this episode is so brilliantly done and it's done so purposefully that we totally forgive it. And I think I forget often, I really do. Like I don't think yeah. about it and I'm she, shocked every time. I'm gonna go out on a limb. Tony Yo, I'll, is- I'll catch you. Tony is not in a good spot, obviously. So it's believable. No, listen, it's, it's, I'm not there yet. He, it's believable that he imagined everything and dreamt like that because he's on the weird drug, you know, different Delicious, drugs, yeah. not the weird drug. He's on different drugs. He clearly isn't reacting well to them and, and so on. So it's believable that it was a, an hallucination. I also think it doesn't matter that it was a dream. It doesn't literally the purpose that Isabella serves happens. Who gives a shit if she was real or not? I agree. It doesn't matter. So yes, I feel I like that's why it's forgettable. It's like, whatever. Isabella's well, no, a character. Says that. It doesn't matter it, because it's still, 
you still got to experience so much and learn so much about yourself. Yeah. Um, while we're on Isabella, I mean, obviously she's wearing white and she's surrounded by white, a white gazebo that we should have known was doesn't belong. It, it's really out of place. It's we've seen Cusamano's backyard. There's no white gazebo. She, sang. she sits the, underneath the, the whole thing. Sang, she's yeah. sitting under some kind of tent that she made. The things are blowing around <laughs> um, the white chair that she sits in, um, which is which I'll bring up later. I'll leave that. I'll leave that going. But that's important, too. Okay. I mean, White, obviously, she's she's the virgin. She's the virgin Mary. She's the perfect mother that he wishes he had. Um, did Speaking Tony, of Mary. Did Tony never noticed that she didn't wear anything else because she's wearing that same white linen dress every time he sees her. I don't know. You know what? That's the first time I've even thought of it and you saying it. Cool. So Carmela is in her <laughs> solid color blue again. Ah, another Mary also blue like mary yeah probably not i would think but it is i don't know mary's always depicted wearing blue for some reason yes um but it's also that that same color that same color blue it's not like any shade of blue that she um when tony was going in the mri machine in the first episode and she's yelling at him as he's going through this other serious medical thing like just because he's in your bed doesn't mean he's not going through a serious medical issue right now and he's again wearing red his robe is red oh maybe that's why it kind of popped out at me yeah as just, reminding me of the scene subconsciously yeah like uh, right yeah you said it and i said i'll get there but uh, i is it the same suit i think it's the it's the same color like there, how many shades of blue are there in the world, right? Like, it's the same color. You think Carmelo Soprano has two blue suits of that same exact color? I don't think but she's wearing a suit in the pilot episode. I actually think Edie Falco's general costumes changed her style after the pilot. Because in the pilot, she's, she's her hair is kind wearing, of... No, she's absolutely wearing a blue suit in that scene. Let's look it up. I thought she was just wearing kind of like a blue, a blue shirt. Like a blue tank top. Okay, whatever. She's correctly. wearing that color again, and he's in red, and there, and she's yeah. But I think, but I think, I don't. Th I think you're right. I think the color is intended to be there, but I think in general, Edie Falco's costume plot changed after the first episode. She's dressed very regular housewife, kind of middle class housewife in the first one. She doesn't really up her game till the second episode, and then they kind of stay on that. Yeah, she's going to generally dress a little. A lot, lot of gold. Yeah, you know, more Goomba housewife, upper class middle, <laughs> upper class Goomba. Um, I already told you, I love mirror images, Tony Jr. We saw that. Um, Melfi proposes Tony going away for a while and he reacts the exact same way that Livia does about the nursing home. Even yes. her, even Melfi's reaction is how Tony reacts. He's like, no not straight jackets like that's exactly how he goes it's not a nursing home yeah. like there's there's a correlation there between he he feels the same way Livia does about going I, away I also really like when she says you need to go away for a while and the smile on his face when he says like Vegas <laughs> but I think that is actually serious I think he actually thought like no, go no totally I totally think he's being serious I love it he smiles like Vegas <laughs> he's so excited <laughs> Um, this is one of the first weird because he's like sad and maybe it, 
maybe because my heart goes out to him. It's the first time I actually think Tony Soprano is like super cute. Like he looks cute. After being shot, like in the. When he smiles to go to Vegas. Yeah. Like, oh, like, yeah, oh you're cute. Like, I, I don't know. I just, yeah. I had that moment. Um, when Carmela looks back at the guy, so Tony's home after he's shot. Yes. And he's sitting in the chair and still Christopher and Polly are standing behind him in the chair, like very much like a family photo. And Pussy, because Pussy is nowhere to be found, Christopher is there as like, it just shows like, are these his three guys? Like these are his three guys when Pussy's not around, right? Yeah, um, I would agree. It was I very mean, family photo-esque. And then, you know, in general, you know, though Christopher is not a main character in this episode, he really does take on a major role. I mean, he's bigger than Paulie in this episode. He, you know, he's yeah. the one who follows Chris, uh, Tony. He's very concerned about Tony. Um, he even openly admits, I mean, his excuse was stupid about, I took my mother to a doctor. He's openly admitting, I was concerned about you and I followed you, yeah. you know, and yeah, I, I mean, wouldn't say it's openly admitting, but he wasn't trying to hide it too much. It's a stupid excuse. And Tony and Tony's even like, oh, like he he knows it. Like, I'm gonna ignore this and we're gonna agree. Yeah, fair. Um, this is stupid, but I just thought it was I think it was a choice. So when they're in the limousine, which is a great, great moment when he's with the date in the limo <laughs> and Paulie and Silvio have absolutely no lines and just stare at them. Um <laughs> The TV, the little shitty TV, has this shitty reception, but it's clearly a Colgate commercial, it's toothpaste, which Isabella is talking about. She's a dental student. Oh. Um, I, I think. I mean, I think that's pur- purposeful. Okay. Yeah. Why are they in the limo with them? Because, um, because Tony or Carmela were supposed to drive them to the dance, and so both of them had to go and sit there and stare at them. Why didn't they just drive them to the dance? Why are they in a limo? It's 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 hysterical. It's hysterical. And and I also think it gives us a very moment of how stupid AJ is. Do you not know if the limo was a stretch when you got in it? You fucking. (laughs) You think this is a stretch? I don't know. When you fucking got in it, was it long, AJ? Hold on, he's thirteen. Maybe he's never seen limos to know if they're short or long. If it's longer than a fucking car, it's a stretch limousine. He's like, and like, not even like, is this a stretch? Do you think this is a stretch? Of course, Silvio and Wally don't fucking answer. You fucking dipshit. He's an idiot. Fredo could run circles around AJ. Fucking nitwit. (laughs) Do you like AJ? God. Um, When Tony says, uh, when I find out who took a shot at me, he'll feel better or something. Yeah. Um, but immediately after good he last said, line. it is. And immediately after he says that the, the old doo-wop type song plays like pointing back to the older folk who are clearly after him. Mm-hmm. And the first episode where he attacked Mahaffey with the car to a doo-wop song that I yes. actually always feel is out of place. I think it's brilliant. I know you do. Because violence is fun. Violence so is fun. <laughs> um, most valuable Goomba. You ready? I'm ready. You I go first. went with Christopher. Really? I did. I understand that. You love Christopher. I love Christopher. I do love yours too. But Christopher, just for the purpose that he was concerned enough about Tony and 
dare I say, saved his life because he was there in the way. Um, So I think that Christopher gets my MVJ for the episode. Now, was was Christopher saving his life there supposed to be... His guardian angel like Meadow. Well, no, I was thinking more of like the fact that Fredo doesn't save Vito's life in Godfather at his assassination. Like, I mean, is Christopher his... I mean, Christopher's kind of Fredo, right? Like he, eh, I think he—he's—he is the one who should be boss, but he's not, and never will be. Like I, I kind of, uh, okay. He's a fuck up. He's a fuck up the way Fredo is. I don't know. Okay. I think of it that way. But my winner and the correct winner of oh, the most okay. valuable Goomba would be Melfi, my Jennifer Melfi, who finally gets it and does everything she can to get Tony to understand, but being the good doctor knows he has to come up with this himself. And she refuses just to say, your mother did this and you have to accept it. She wants him to get it. And 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 you know what? God almighty, there's one more episode this season and God willing, he will finally figure it out. Maybe. Um, and that Maybe. is what she is hoping. Um, no, she was a good, she's, she's a really good doctor in this episode. Also, I just love that she had the balls to meet him in a car. Oh, and then the God knows Carmella where. gives her. Oh, the beautiful so moment. good. The beautiful moment. It, now, that is the first time. That is. That's the first it, time it Carmella is. knows what she looks like. Do you think... Now, I think this was in character for Carmella just to look at her and not stare and show that she like doesn't really care to Melfi because mm-hmm. that was like a power move for Carmella. But... Do you think any other wife wouldn't like get out of the car and be like, I'm Carmella, good to meet you? Or do you think it was just too serious of a moment where that- It was no too serious of that? a moment. I, and I think there's a certain degree where Tony needs to, they need to get back in the car. Like, I'm actually surprised he didn't tell Melfi, turn off your dome light. Because he's nerd. He, he's still, you he's know, that's stalked. That's a very good point. I think that's actually yeah. that's a hiccup that they that he yeah. left they leave the light on. That's like for filming, obviously. They didn't want to do it in well, the dark. Well, no, it eventually goes off, doesn't it? I think I think when he opens the car door, I think I think it's off for the episode for the for the scene. But like honestly, that should have been Carmelo's one line. It should have been roll down the window, turn off your dome light, so that when he comes in, the the door doesn't cause the light yeah. to go on. Yeah. Okay. Or at least on the way out, like it like it. He's he's hiding. You know he needs to be careful. No, he's definitely hiding. Um, and I loved her honest answer when he asked, "Did you ever tell anybody that I'm your patient?" Yeah, she doesn't even hesitate. I I, I suggested it to my family. I also think she knew the question was coming, so she yeah. prepared. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't see that question coming. Like that's not. Oh, that's I. Why I think he's meeting her. No, but that he needs to get that out of the way first. Absolutely. And then her saying, Does anyone in your family know? And he says, My mother has commented, but I don't think she knows. It's like, Tony, wake up. And she like looks at him like, Oh, yeah. Like she knows right away. Mother mentioned, I mean, mentioned a lot. A lot. Because fucking Fredo is son. Fuck up. Fucked up. Okay. Category six. Wait, you just said Christopher was Fredo. I think they're both Fredo. AJ, okay, you got There's it. a lot That's of correlations between Christopher and AJ. Don't make me write my thesis right now. Christopher is so much better than AJ. It's not even, oh, it's really <laughs> not even a comparison in my view, but okay. Where is Adriana? Anyway. She's not needed in this episode. You watch yourself. If you pulled this shit or something that made us go, oh my God, that's us. 
you go first because I like yours. So when when Livy is at dinner and she and then AJ just said that's dicked up, which is again great. She says, if I was a lady, you took me to the dance and you use that kind of talk. I slap your face. So she's Would our great. grandfather have said that? No, it's the pauses. She pauses so hard in the middle of the the thoughts. So our grandfather, God rest his soul. Paused a lot. Paused when he told a story. And as our father ages, his pauses get longer. And Joseph, so do do yours. No, as you all age, the pauses between thoughts get longer. And it's just great. It makes for good storytelling. That was good. (laughs) I get that now. Um, it kind of very similar. AJ is very cold to the fact that he would use his father's near-death experience to get out of going on a date. However, we've all done it. No. You're, sure, we you're, sure we have to get out of something. Sure. To say Everyone our father our had a near-death experience? No, no, no. His father actually had a near-death experience. I'm saying, like, if there's someone died or someone's sick, no, like, maybe I we'll he's... go, oh, I guess we really can't go to that thing and that thing because we got to <laughs> no. go to the wake. And, like, I think he's just a nervous kid going on a date. That's fine, but I'm, not, I'm saying we've all done that. We have <laughs> used bad things in life to go, oh, you know what? I'm grieving. I really can't go. <laughs> We've all done that. Okay. We've done that. Um, Meadow, when he put his, putting her arm around AJ, when he says, you know, I don't believe it was a carjacking. It was very touching. Sentimental bullshit. You, oh, you don't like the sentimental bullshit. I, I thought don't. that was very sweet. No, that was. Are you saying that I would put my arm around you? In yeah. That situation? No. You know what I would have said if I was Meadow? What? Look what you did. Look you, you told did. you told grandma that he was <laughs> do you think meadow no meadow doesn't no. put that together no. meadow doesn't even know that idiot doesn't even know he's in therapy even though he said it you know i was in the car the other day thinking of the sopranos and i know you're shocked i'm shocked <laughs> i don't remember the episode but there's another time where again it's mentioned in front of uh meadow that he goes to therapy and, and yet again just, it, doesn't listen. Or I don't know what. Care. I don't know if it's just a continuity error, but it, I I know the moment where she literally does find out and is shocked, and huh. it's not it's not for a while, but there is another moment. I can't think of what I was thinking, but I said, "Come on, that's another moment where it's said in front of her." Huh. Well, I remember um, later. I mean, this is not a spoiler alert, but he says the line. If I had Melfi here, I would crack her. I would crack her head like a walnut in front of Meadow. Doesn't yeah. Meadow go? Who's Melfi? <laughs> no, I don't think she would. She would just assume it's some guy. No. Okay, cannolis. Right, category seven. Cannolis. Um, a lot. There's a bunch. There's a you bunch. got a lot of them. You go. Mine first. are all around Olivia. I noticed that you have Olivia obsession. So she yells, this is the last time I'm coming back to this house, extremely dramatically. Of course, she, she's dramatic. She is that person. And but it's not, by the way. No, of course not. She but, literally comes back late in the episode. But she comes back late. But, but you know, is she setting herself up for that cannoli? Like, I'm never coming back here because she thinks Tony's going to be dead. And then 
Oh, also Livy, like it's very force forceful when she does it. Like again, I know forceful for Livia is relative, but it, even for her, I felt like it was very like hmm. dramatic. Um, Livia saying that the other lady saw her son as a shell and that he was better off dead. I think she was mm. making herself feel better. I agree with you. Wasn't the only mother feeling like that. Um, oh, and then a, I think one of a cannolis junior calling Livia out on losing her mind. Um, you got a, you got a list here. I think that foreshadows more than one thing. Yes, it foreshadows a lot. Go on. Um, so Isabella um, actually mentions soft gums and mouth tumors, or maybe it's reverse something um in in tony's dream um and that is not the only time that tony is going to have dreams where teeth are involved oh okay which by yeah, the way yeah, yeah. That's, and that's a general thing by the way it's it's believed that when you have um dreams where teeth are falling out or there's issues with your teeth it means you're you lost control of your life yes. some people say it has something to do with finances but well, i, I if you lose control of your finances, you feel yeah. out of control. I feel like, yeah. So there's definitely some foreshadowing there. Um, again, the Hockney artwork in episode three, the painting is there, features an empty chair. It looks exactly like the empty chair when Tony looks for Isabel and she's oh, not there. Oh, nice it, I mean, it's like that painting just took all the major moments that were coming up. Hmm. Um, so last week we talked about, was it last week about water? Yes. Okay, in this episode, we see Tony go in the shower without water. Yes. So he doesn't need absolution. He's not going to die. Love it. Yeah. Absolutely love it. Um, Tony says, I don't want to hear anything else about pussy right after Junior says it about Tony. Yeah. Um, Tony seems very concerned. The clock reads a little after 2.30. Um, and Tony's like, oh my God, it's already, like, it's so late. I'm going to go out on a limb like you did, catch me, that he's trying to get somewhere by three because it, it like his appointment is at three o'clock. Yeah. Where like, did you, know, you see that it was two thirty? I didn't see a clock. You, you see, you have Tony's point of view and it, it, it shows, I think it's like 2.34 and he, and it, like it's the first line of the scene. He goes, oh my God, it's that late already. And that's oh, when he okay. and Christopher have the, in the kitchen, like you okay with, you know, oh, what's going yes. on. And I get the okay. feeling that he he's trying to get to therapy, and I would assume a three o'clock appointment. Okay. So three so o'clock. Three o'clock okay. is yep. a big thing. Um, Tony is literally going to have a dream about being a stonemason in season four. He also had that like beautiful thing with Meadow early in the season where he talks about the stonemasons yes. in the church. Like this is definitely a thing. Like grasping yes. for foundation <laughs> mm -hmm. in general. Um, and we have, this is, um, literally Agent Harris coming to Tony to warn him about, uh, pending assassination attempts. Okay. I'm going to leave it at that. I can't, I can't go any further than that. I actually don't know what you're talking about. I can tell by your face. Okay. But trust me, it's a huge, it is a, not only is it huge foreshadowing, it is also the correct use of the word pending. Yeah, no, I'm I I see it. Why well, you were confused last oh, episode oh, about that word? Impending. I really impending. can't believe that you guys didn't stop me and let yeah. me say pending doom at twenty five times at least. Impending. 
I will never forget. My standards for your speech is so low I that I can't. guess I just went. Mm. Oh my God. All right. Anything else? I have a lot of it. <laughs> I got, oh my God. I have a lot of anything else. All right. Let's go back and forth. Let's go back and forth. You go first. I can't because our producer needs to push the our notes forward. There we oh, go. I, I don't depend on him anymore. I have it in front of me. Oh, I don't have a room. <laughs> That's all right. Um, beautiful, beautiful to David Chase. A beautiful nod to The Godfather, having Tony buy orange juice during the attempt on his life. As we know, Vito Corleone is buying oranges uh, when he is shot, and both are failed assassination attempts. So there's major correlation there, and I absolutely love it. And he dies in an orange patch. Well, yes. I mean, again, oranges are a huge symbol in The Godfather, but I thought that was a beautiful nod that he... It really is. And, and and really doesn't make it subtle, the bottle explodes. Oh, the bottle explodes. <laughs> like, it's not a subtle it's thing so, at all. It's so, so beautiful. Good. It's so good. Um, Carmelis is the sports authority. Remember the sports authority? Yeah. Do they even exist? I don't know. Do they exist anymore? they exist anymore? The one by our house, or our Dick's child's does. at home does not. Dicks. Do you chuckle every time someone says they're going to Dick's Sporting Goods? <laughs> I think I've gotten over it. Oh, I don't. I it's been I, long enough. But the I sports like authority was so good. Got all the you got your best bats there. Yeah, you no, you're right. Sports. You Shut understand. up. I bought bats there. Um, <laughs> is it me or was Sil? Well, first of all, Silvio's historical views. Churchill had brandy before breakfast. Napoleon, he was a moody fuck. I mean, that's also great lines. Um, but. I mean, Clemenza in Godfather was Vito's right-hand man and he was a history buff. That was a big thing. So I think that was also another little nod to the Godfather that just Silvio all of a sudden knows that Napoleon was a moody guy. <laughs> I thought um, that was funny. It is. Um, you have this moment in where you, you see like even they're trying to kill Tony, they're all they're so protective of their insiders versus outsiders. So when he's talking to Donnie, the guy they eventually shoot because mm. he knows too much. When he says, like, I hear even, own, even his own mother wants him popped. And Mikey's like, yo, like, don't say that. That's crazy. Like, you, you get this, like, defensiveness of their subculture. And I think it also ties into that, like, no one would ever believe that because it's so crazy to think that your mother would want you dead. Hmm. Not how I read it, but I but it's I protective agree of their lives. Yeah. It's like, yo, we can say that shit, you cannot. You know? I believe it. Yeah. Oh yeah, you can, yeah. I get that. Mm -hmm. Um, why does Tony sit at the wrong end of the table when he's like so I saw this note of yours. I agree. Carmela notices, moves the place and move, like I think he does not have the strength to even fucking walk across. Like I think he's so tired. And so just, mm. he goes over and kisses his mother and then just like gets back in the. Yeah, but he goes over and kisses his mother, which is literally next to where he sits. I, I don't, easy access to get out of the room. Like, I don't know. I, he, I think he's just He so also comes in the room. That's not the way Tony would usually enter the house. I just, I know the landscape of the house at this point. He, he would come he down for dinner. No, he came downstairs from the kitchen stairs. But oh. the kitchen stairs are not near his bedroom. To get down from his bedroom, he would come 
Like we've maybe. we see him in future episodes or previous episodes come down those stairs to go to dinner. But maybe he just was in a different spot this time. He was in bed. He also goes back up the stairs and is like looking around the corner. Like oh, yes. James has such a good scene. Like yes, he's like, just in it. Yeah. Like he's in a trance yes. walking up those stairs. And he's walking yes. up and he's looking up like around the corner almost like His he's head's tilted. Like yes. he's expecting impending doom around the corner. Yeah, no, that is a good moment. It also, by the way, is a really good moment that in the middle because there's this really jarring scene change from his hallucination um, where he's out to lunch with Isabella and it, they're talking about gross things with the mouth. And then we cut quickly to Meadow yelling, dad, it's time to eat. I just thought that was a really, <laughs> I thought that was a really nice little cut. Nice catch. Um, um, yeah. Carmela with the abs. It's the first time we see Carmela's stomach. Oh, is uh, you know what I didn't? I've never noticed. It's hot. She looks good. She looks she look great. Are your abs as nice as hers? Not right now. <laughs> Are mine? <laughs> yes, of course. Yes. Um, the laughter of Tony after he escapes the goons. I mean, it's great. As you said, violence makes him happy. I got nothing else. That's great. Um, <laughs> you keep going. Did, did you like the little shout out that, to, that Chris was in our neck of the woods? He was in when Tom's River. He, I loved that he said that. So for everyone, we grew up in Brick, but we went to high school in Tom's River. So Tom's yeah. River is practically home for us. There's also an episode at some point where he says, I was down a mantaloking. Oh, I literally can't. in Brick. Oh, no, he says that. They say mantloking, like enough for me to say mantloking, like they do. <laughs> Man, I'm going over the mantloking bridge. Like, why do you say it like <laughs> mantloking? <laughs> um, I, I I pick on this a lot. Maybe one of my pet peeves in all movies is bad sound editing. I I get that sometimes lines are missed and they have to go into a recording booth, but it's really obvious when Edie Falco's line, "I never threatened to cut your dick off." is recorded later. It doesn't match her tone at all. It doesn't match the soundtrack of what's going on. I hate it. It, hap it happens earlier in this episode too, when Tony says to Christopher, I'm going downstairs in the basement or put my clothes in the dryer or something. Christian thinks he said, I'm going to take a shit in the toilet or something in the bathroom. It like his mouth just doesn't match what he- Oh, uh, they changed the line later. Yeah. yeah. I didn't notice that one, but it really, really bothered me. Um, so, all right, well- Okay, yeah, here it is. I have one, <laughs> I mean, one last thing we have to okay. answer anything else, because I want to end on this. No, this is the thing. Is Livia faking? Yes. The... I don't think she is. <gasps> you think this sent her over the edge? I do. You're kidding. I do, I believe her completely. Wow, I don't at all. I think Junior is completely right. I think she's manipulative as all hell. And I think she also, I don't know enough about losing, you know, your senses when you're older. I really don't. But is the first thing that goes is you don't recognize your granddaughter of all the things. Like, don't you, like little things, like we never saw Olivia really have any hesitation yet. This is the first thing. And that's like a big thing. Is Livia that smart? 
Yes. Yes, she is. And she puts it on display for everyone to see. Every, think of who's in the room. Junior, Carmela, Tony, Sil, Christopher, Polly, and her two grandchildren. That must have been a fun scene to shoot. Yeah, probably. Um, you ever it's read, on display. What's a book you've read multiple times? A Wrinkle in Time. You gave it to me when I was 10. And I went, why are you giving me a book for Christmas? And then it ended up being my favorite thing ever. Nice. Um, do you ever like feel characters are different every time you read them? Because that's how I feel about this. What? This episode, when I watched it, I think she's, I, I think she's absolutely telling the truth. It's kind of like when you read Catcher of the Rye. You ever read Catcher of the Rye more than once, and sometimes God, you really love no, Holden Caulfield, sometimes hate you hate him. That book. Well, you're an idiot. I hate that book. I struggled through it once, and oh. never will care. It, it is the again. second best American writing after David Chase's The Sopranos. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, um, uh, why can't I think of it? With the eyes. Fitzgerald. Why can't I think of it? Great Gatsby. Great I Gatsby. thought you were going to say The Great Gatsby. Is it sad that I thought of symbolism of the book before I thought of the author? It really is. It really is. <laughs> um, no, so, I so we're at saying, odds. We're at odds. Hold on, you but you're saying that in the past you thought she was faking, and now you. I flopped. think it's different every time. This time I watched it, I said she's oh, she's no. telling the truth. It's too convenient. Junior's absolutely right. But I, I think I, you. But you said it. I think something set her over the edge in this whole thing. The fear of her son finding out that she got caught put her over the edge. No. I think she's smart enough to do this. I think she's a fucking bitch, honestly. <laughs> All right. Well, here's what I'm going. Here's what I'm going to tell you and the audience. Uh, as is, is it a spoiler? Is it a spoiler? This is not a spoiler, but I will okay. tell you that this topic will be coming up next episode. <laughs> I'm not done. I'm not done talking. I ain't done. I ain't done. Okay. Nobody's no. Nobody knows. Nobody nothing. knows nothing. Um, no, Let's it's nobody knows anything. No, it's nobody knows anything. Know, and it should have been nobody knows nothing. Like nothing. All right. Thank you everybody for analyzing Isabella with us. That's all from us for now. We'll talk to you soon when we discuss the season one finale of, of I Dream of Jeannie Cusimano. I think you spelled that horrendously wrong. I didn't look it up. Will you, who cares? Is our audience, your audience, are you reading it? No? Well, then leave it alone. <laughs> All right. Uh, this has been The Sibling Sit Down.